Hello, this is Father John Arthur Orr, Associate Pastor at Holy Ghost Catholic Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is our 13th program on man and woman. He created them, a theology of the body. The talks given by Pope John Paul II during the years 1979 through 1984, 129 talks plus four others. We're using the edition edited by Professor Michael Waldstein. Intimacy, the hidden meaning of vision. We return to the analysis of the Genesis text, Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, begun a few weeks ago. According to this passage, the man and the woman see each other, as it were, through the mystery of creation. They see each other in this way before knowing that they were naked. This reciprocal vision of each other is not only a share in the exterior perception of the world, but also has an inner dimension of a share in the vision of the Creator Himself, in that vision about which the account of Genesis Chapter 1 speaks several times, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Nakedness signifies the original good of the divine vision. It signifies the whole simplicity and fullness of this vision, which shows the pure value of man as male and female the pure value of the body and of its sex. The situation that is indicated in such a concise and at the same time suggestive way by the original revelation of the body as expressed in particular by Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 does not contain an inner break and antithesis between what is spiritual and what is sensible just as it does not contain a break and antithesis between what constitutes the person as human and what is determined by sex in man, that is, what is male and female. Seeing each other reciprocally through the very mystery of creation, as it were, the man and the woman see each other still more fully and clearly than through the sense of sight itself, that is, through the eyes of the body. They see and know each other, in fact, with all the peace of the interior gaze, which creates precisely the fullness of the intimacy of persons. If shame carries with it a specific limitation of vision through the eyes of the body, this happens, above all, because personal intimacy is, as it were, troubled and threatened by such vision. According to Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, the man and the woman did not feel shame, seeing and knowing each other in all the peace and tranquility of the interior gaze they communicate in the fullness of humanity 
which shows itself in them as reciprocal complementarity precisely because they are male and female. At the same time, they communicate based on the communion of persons in which they become a mutual gift for each other through femininity and masculinity. In reciprocity, they reach in this way a particular understanding of the meaning of their own bodies. The original meaning of nakedness corresponds to the simplicity and fullness of vision in which their understanding of the meaning of the body is born from the very heart, as it were, of their community communion. We will call this meaning spousal. The man and the woman in Genesis chapter 2 verses 23 through 25 emerge precisely at the very beginning with this consciousness of the meaning of their own bodies. This deserves a deepened analysis. Man in the dimension of gift, the spousal meaning of the body, creation as giving. If the account of the creation of man in the two versions, that of Genesis chapter 1 and the Yahwist version in Genesis 2, allows us to establish the original meaning of solitude, unity, and nakedness by this very fact, and it allows us also to reach the basis of an adequate anthropology which seeks to understand and interpret man in what is essentially human. The biblical text contain the essential elements of such an anthropology, which become clear in the theological context of the image of God. This concept contains in a hidden way the very root of the truth about man, revealed by the beginning to which Christ appeals in the dialogue with the Pharisees. See Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 9, when he speaks about the creation of man as male and female. One must remember that all the analyses we are carrying out here are connected at least indirectly with precisely these words. Man, whom God created male and female, bears the divine image impressed in the body from the beginning. Man and woman constitute, so to speak, two diverse ways of being a body that are proper to human nature in the unity of this image. We should now turn anew to those fundamental words that Christ used, that is, to the word created and to the subject creator, introducing into the considerations carried out so far a new dimension, a new criterion of understanding and of interpretation that we will call hermeneutics of the gift. The dimension of gift is decisive for the essential truth and depth of the meaning of original solitude, unity, nakedness. It stands also at the very heart of the mystery of creation, which allows us to build the theology of the body from the beginning, but at the same time demands that we build it in precisely this way. On Christ's lips, the word 
created contains the same truth that we find in Genesis. The first creation account repeats this word several times from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. To Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. God created man in his image. God reveals himself above all as creator. Christ appeals to this fundamental revelation contained in Genesis. The concept of creation has all its depth, not only a metaphysical but also a fully theological depth in Genesis. The creator is he who calls to existence from nothing and who establishes the world in existence and man in the world because he is love. First letter of St. John chapter 4 verse 8. We admittedly do not find this word love, God is love, in the creation account. Nevertheless, that account often repeats, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. Through these words, we are led to glimpse in love the divine motive for creation, the source, as it were, from which it springs. Only love, in fact, gives rise to the good and is well pleased with the good. See the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 13. As an action of God, creation thus means not only calling from nothing to existence, and establishing the world's existence as well as man's existence in the world. But according to the first account, Resid Bara, it also signifies gift, a fundamental and radical gift, that is, an act of giving in which the gift comes into being precisely from nothing, giving and man. Reading the first chapters of Genesis introduces us into the mystery of creation, that is, of the beginning of the world by the will of God, who is omnipotence and love. Consequently, every creature bears within itself the sign of the original and fundamental gift. Yet at the same time, the concept of giving cannot refer to nothing. It indicates the one who gives and the one who receives the gift, as well as the relation established between them. Now this relation emerges in the creation account at the very moment of the creation of man. This relation is shown above all by the expression, God created man in his image. In the image of God he created him. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. In the account of the creation of the visible world, giving has meaning only in relation to man. In the whole work of creation, it is only about him that one can say a gift has been granted. The visible world has been created for him. The biblical creation account offers us significant reasons for such an understanding and interpretation. Creation is a gift because man appears in it, who, as an image of God, is able to understand the very meaning of the gift in the call from nothing to existence. He is also able to respond to the Creator with the language of this understanding. When one interprets the creation account precisely with this language, one can deduce 
from it that creation constitutes the fundamental and original gift. Man appears in creation as the one who has received the world as a gift, and vice versa. One can also say that the world has received man as a gift. At this point, we must interrupt our analysis. What we have said so far stands in the strictest relation with the whole anthropological problematic of the beginning. Man appears in it as created, that is, as the one who, in the midst of the world, has received the other human being as a gift. In what follows, it is precisely this dimension of gift that we must subject to a profound analysis in order to understand also the meaning of the body in its right measure. This will be the object of our next meditations. And with these words, our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, concluded his 13th conference on man and woman. He created them a theology of the body. This 13th installment of the theology of the body is a continuation of part one of the work entirely, the words of Christ. Chapter one, Christ appeals to the beginning. What is meant by the beginning, the meaning of original solitude, the meaning of original unity, the meaning of original nakedness. And we began this part focusing on intimacy, the hidden meaning of vision, God's vision, God's outlook, God sees to the depth of our very being, the intimacy of the person, our inner core. In our modern age, people are limiting intimacy to lacy lingerie and and genital activity and this is a part of intimacy marital intimacy but what are our deepest joys our deepest fears our deepest sorrows our our longings when these things heart to heart are shared that's a deep deep intimacy the holy father continues this part by focusing our attention on man in the dimension of gift and so there are many different aspects of gift. The gift of being, the gift of self, the gift of life. How many different aspects? The spousal meaning of the body, creation as giving, and giving and man. These are the main headings which our Holy Father goes over in this 13th catechesis on man and woman. He created them a theology of the body. So we'll start with vision. We have our vision using our optic nerve, the eyeball. But sometimes vision is more than just this sensation. I see the sunset, I see the flower, I see your face. There's also the expression we use, oh, so-and-so is a person of vision. It means they get the big picture. They, they can see metaphorically what's going on. God has the big picture. And God has revealed the big picture to us in sacred scripture, but also in our very being. When you read your Sunday funnies, when you read the comics, the light bulb goes on over the person's head. They see. Oh, now I get it. Adam got it. He saw Eve. At last, this one is bone of my bone. He saw all the birds of the air. He saw the fish of the sea and the beast of the field. But he recognized in Eve another self, not just with exterior perception oh blue eyes blonde hair yes that's a real perception 
but there's a deeper interior gaze, heart to heart again. Not only does man see, but God sees, and God sees to the depth of our being, the depth of our very self. We can hide things from some people, but we can't hide anything from God. And God looks at us not with a view to dominate us, but because he loves us. He loves us well enough that he sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to save us, to give us the grace we need to correspond, to be faithful to the law. That's part of God's big picture vision for us. Even given in these first chapters of Genesis, which has not just the fall of man, but also the prediction of his triumph in Christ. So we have this vision. We have the sense of sight through the eyes. We have the interior gaze, a different understanding of sense. We have our tactile sense. We can touch, we can taste, we can smell, we can hear. But there's this extra sense. Do we get it? Pope John Paul II, he got it. And he tried to share what he had gleaned through his years of prayer and study in these 133 conferences on our very nature, the theology of the body. How has God made us? God has made us well. Our very being is good. Fallen, yes, but redeemed in Christ. The fallen part, the fallen aspect, is what limits our vision. We don't get beyond the smile, beyond the figure. Shame limits our vision. And while Pope John Paul II here introduces the spousal meaning of the body, there are going to be seven further subheadings under spousal meaning of the body. The spousal meaning of the body is the fullness of the vision, and it's also the simplicity of the vision. Man for woman, woman for man, the husband for the wife, the wife for the husband, not just in the marital bed, but as a helpmate through life. Together they give themselves each to the other, the mutual gift of self, which presupposes self-possession because you can't give what you don't have. They've received being from God, who is love. They have received each other as gift, and they give themselves each to the other. This is the full vision. This is the simple vision of the spousal meaning of the body. You can almost hear the Pope saying, do you get it? Pope John Paul II then speaks to us about the hermeneutics of the gift. Hermeneutic is not a man's name, hermeneutic. It means interpretation. If we see gift as kind of the lodestar or the interpretive key by which we interpret everything... What is it that we have that we have not received? Oh, well, I work hard. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Well, where did you get the muscles in your back? We thank our parents, for they provided the body. And we thank God, for he has given us the soul. And that's just about our being, our existence. We receive life, who is the Lord and the giver of life. Gift is so key, the gift of faith, the gift of redemption, the gift of God's grace, his power, his presence in our lives. This hermeneutic of the gift, the interpretive key, which is the gift, refers to the metaphysical reality of our very being, but it also refers to the theological depths of the gifts of God. 
giving and man. How we are called to be generous. We're made in the image of God, and God is generous. Giving implies a relationship. The one who gives, the one who receives. God who gives to us, human beings. And we who give to each other. On your birthday, on holidays, gifts are given. But the greatest gift given is the gift of self. And this is what the husband and wife do when they profess their vows. And not just on that blessed day, but till death do they part. They give of themselves to each other. That is the theology of the body. That is man and woman, he created them for each other. The Holy Father doesn't use the Latin phrase ex nihilo, but he does use the equivalent. He says creation from nothing. Remember the sound of music. Nothing comes from nothing. Nothing ever did. You cannot give what you don't have. God is. Full stop. God always has been. God always will be. The being of God is what he has shared with us who live and move and have our being in him. Out of nothing, ex nihilo, God has created the heavens and the earth. It's the first article of the creed, and it's in the first pages of sacred scripture. Pope John Paul II highlights for our appreciation that we see in these words of Genesis God's motive for creation. Because if God is love, and love gives rise to what is good, and love is well pleased with the good, when we see what is good, the flower of the field, you name it, when we experience and are exposed to what is good, it is attractive, it leads us, it draws us. Creation of the heavens and the earth, this is the fundamental gift, the basic gift, the original gift. And God is the giver of all good gifts. Here we see the value of the body, the value of sex, the value of man. Three different aspects of value. And it reminds us that Pope John Paul II professionally was an ethicist. Philosophically, he looked at what good we should do and what evil we should avoid. What was worth doing? What had value? He did moral philosophy, ethical philosophy, moral theology. When we see the body has worth, we treat it accordingly. When we see that man has worth, male and female, we act accordingly. When we see that sex has a value, we act accordingly. Even if the world sees no value in these things, the body, the person, the sex, Mother Church stands firm in saying, yes, these are all valuable because this is how God has made us. There's no break, there's no antithesis between the spiritual and the sensible, the soul and the body. There's no break, there's no antithesis between these things. Pope John Paul II, in this five-year presentation of 129-plus talks, reminds us of the mystery of creation, man and woman, he created them. If we believe, we understand, we know everything there is to know about our very being, we are mistaken, terribly mistaken. Creation is a mystery, and we should look forward to speaking with God face to face forever in heaven about it, about our very being, about his being which he shares with us. 
what is specific to the human being, to the human person. Pope John Paul spells out part of it when he says that we are able to see, that we're able to know, that we're able to understand comprehension, to be conscious. This is a part of an adequate anthropology, an anthropology which corresponds to the reality of our being, anthropology, the science of man. That's what Pope John Paul II has done in this Theology of the Body, in his five-year labor of love, presenting week by week to those who would join him for a talk on a Wednesday afternoon. Let us speak about the human person, because God has made us human persons in his image. Christ reveals not only the Father to us, but us to ourselves. And he has come to redeem us, to walk among us, to teach us how to live, to give us the grace we need to be the saints he's called us to be. Pope John Paul II has reminded us about the communion of persons, not just the communion of persons of the Holy Trinity, but the communion of persons between husband and wife, male and female. The Holy Father has reminded us about the mutual gift, reciprocity, not just the husband giving to the wife, not just the wife giving to the husband, not just God giving to us, but us giving to God. Mutuality, the relation between the giver and the receiver, and just what is given. Do we just give lip service, or do we serve in truth? The Pope has brought to our attention all these things and more. He has reminded us of the original meaning of things. What does it mean to be unlike any other creature on the face of the earth? The giraffes are wonderful. Look at their long necks. The cheetah, wonderful, so fast, so sleek. How wonderful to see the porpoise bounding through the sea. But nothing like the human person, you and me. What is the original meaning of our solitude? At last this one is bone of my bone, and now no longer am I alone. The original unity, made for each other, naked without shame. This all before the fall. And now, the spousal meaning of the body. This is my body given up for you. Those are words spoken at the Last Supper by the bridegroom of the church. Those are words repeated day by day at the altar of the Lord as his one only sacrifice is made present. We think the Pope is only talking about anthropology or about human love. He's talking to us about divine love, about God who is love, who has made us in his very image. Next time we'll continue with the 14th presentation of our Holy Father's theology of the body, man and woman, he created them. And that'll be under two different headings, gift, mystery of a beatifying beginning, and the discovery of the spousal meaning of the body. These are both subheadings in the fifth part of chapter 1, Christ Appeals to the Beginning, which is part 1 of the Theology of the Body, the Words of Christ. So by way of review, where have we been? We've looked at the words of Christ, how he appealed to the beginning. It was not that way in the beginning. Moses permitted a decree of divorce because of the hardness of your hearts. In the beginning, God created the male and female. What is meant by the beginning? This is God's original plan. 
we have two creation accounts, complementary accounts. God has redeemed us body and soul. He has made us body and soul. We have fallen body and soul. But Jesus Christ, true God and true man, he suffered and died and rose that we might rise in him, live by his grace. The Holy Father has reminded us that we are unlike any other creature on the face of the earth, but we're made for each other, made in the image of God. Until next time, God bless you.